Are you tired of your valuable ideas and suggestions getting lost in the shuffle? Well, that is why I'm introducing Direct Suggest, the revolutionary digital suggestion box that puts your voice front and center. With Direct Suggest, you have the power to make a difference in your organization. Direct Suggest provides value to organizations in various industries worldwide, including notable brands like Comcast, TD Bank, and Nokia. And here's the best part. Direct Suggest only costs 50 cents per employee per month, making it an affordable solution for businesses of all sizes. Plus, they have an incredibly high ROI and savings potential with an average 33 times return on investment. The implementation process is also a breeze. Once committed, setting up Direct Suggest from start to finish can be completed in as quickly as a week or less. Don't let your ideas or your team's ideas go unnoticed. Visit directsuggest.com today and start by making a difference with Direct Suggest. Use the promo code HUMANHR for your extended 60-day free trial. Again, visit directsuggest.com to learn more and remember to use promo code HUMANHR for an extended free trial. Direct Suggest, where your voice matters. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. I'm Tracy Chernoff, and I've spent my entire professional career in HR. Each week, we'll explore the delicate balance between people and business with the aim to reconnect the two and create meaningful outcomes. Listen in as I share my own experiences, challenge the status quo, and chat with guests from various industries about our mission to bring the human back to human resources. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. Um, I have a very exciting topic for us this week and a very exciting guest, and her name is Lauren Fitzpatrick-Shanks. She is an award-winning engineer with 15 years of experience in entrepreneurship, engineering, product creation, software program management, and operations. She's also the first Black woman to receive an aerospace engineering degree from the University of Kansas and the first Black woman to win the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, AIAA, International Design Competition. She's a recipient of the Women in Technology Rising Star Award and has an MBA in Operations Management from the University of Scranton. Lauren founded Keepwall, a technology company that uses games to unlock the understanding of human behavior, building stronger relationships in the workplace and beyond. She's a wife, a mother of two, and an avid conversationalist. Her two top values are authenticity and legacy. And needless to say, we had a fabulous connection before we started recording. And I think you're going to love hearing from Lauren. So Lauren, thank you so much for joining the podcast and welcome officially. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tracy, for having me. I'm excited to be here. We did really connect over a bunch <laughs> of these topics of on yes. hand and all these trends. So I'm excited to be here and discuss. Yes, same here. And I just want to um, reiterate that these accolades that you have are just exceptional. And I'm so grateful that you have decided to join the podcast and share all of your knowledge with us, which I think is probably the perfect segue into asking you about what inspired you to transition from really a science background and an engineering background to creating people, which is basically HR technology and employee engagement technology? Yes, yes, yes. That's um, the thousand dollar question. I don't think it's like <laughs> a million dollar question, but it's the question that I get asked often, like, okay, you came from like engineering and now you're building this. And it wasn't just like, a typical engineering, it's like aerospace. So aerospace to HR tech, how'd that work? Um, yes. So my journey, it's kind of interesting. Um, we know that millennials and Gen Zers will make up 70% of the global workforce by 2025. 
And on average, they're spending less than three years at any company. And I am pretty much that statistic. I understand this very well and it makes sense. And you heard about my background and my path kind of. I'm a millennial, I'm a female engineer, and I was the first black woman to graduate from KU's aerospace engineering department. I worked at five Fortune 500 companies over the span of 14 years. So if you do some quick math there, that averages out to about three years per company. So that stat I put about like millennials spending less than three years, I get that fully. And part of the reason for me why that was the case it was difficult to relate to my colleagues at the surface level. It was taking months to build the trust and create that mutually beneficial working relationship. And typically when I created those relationships, it only happened with a few select members on my team. And so of course that minimizes my feeling and loyalty towards not only the team, but that entire organization. I don't have Mm -hmm. anything that's keeping me there and making me stay there. And if I have that like relationship with those you, those couple of people, we're still going to have that relationship if I leave. Also, one of my biggest issues was I just felt like I was blue in the face telling organizations like, this is what I need. This is how I'll be more successful. This is what I'm asking for. So it wasn't just Mm -hmm. like I left, like one day I woke up and it was like, I'm leaving. It was a period of six to nine months saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'd like to see, what I'd like to do, where I'd like to go, what I'm needing from my team or my leader or organization. And I just felt like it was falling on deaf's ears and I was able to find it somewhere else or someone was offering more money or something like that. Um, So that led me to creating a solution to not only efficiently connect at a deeper level with your entire team, but as well as colleagues company-wide, but also encourage people to really go from hearing to listening and being able to provide immediate action. So with KeepWool, which stands for Keep Wondering Out Loud, we're creating those human relationships and building those interpersonal skills because we know that people have relationships with people and not just the company. And it's very Mm -hmm. interesting and timely because I'll say one more thing. Um, It's very interesting and timely. I had a friend that had posted some polls on their Instagram story and they had posted a poll about Um, They had a few in a row. And the first one asked the question of what made you accept your initial job? Did you accept it because you were looking to make more money? Was it because of the people? Was it because of um, the location? Was it because of the hours and like the, the logistics and things? And so a majority, like 70% of people obviously said it was for pay. Like I accepted this, the pay was where it was landing at. And then it asked, the the next poll question was, why did you leave your job? And it had the same answers. And 75% said people, it was a people Mm -hmm. issue. So it wasn't pay and it wasn't the locations or the logistics and things like that. It was the people. And it's typically coming back to, Am I being heard? Do I feel like I belong here? Am I being supported in the way that I need? And are people listening and then reacting on what they've heard and how I'm saying I need help? So, yeah. Right. I love this. I mean, you've provided already so much important information as far as 
how the experience impacts the person. And, you know, I, I really related to your story around needing or finding almost like having this trouble in finding people that you related with. And obviously for different reasons, because your background is different from mine, but this is a challenge that many people have, especially when in a remote environment, how do you connect to someone? How do you find that, that, um, you know, mutual uh, interest or, you know, connection that does bring people together? And one of the things that I love that you had shared um, that Keep Wall is really focused on is this play, reflect and grow process. So can you walk us through how not only gamifying has fostered deeper relationships, but what play, reflect and grow really means to the gamification of employee connection? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have this play, reflect, grow pro- and grow process. And we're basically there for any leader at any level of an organization. This could be a team leader of a matrix type of team, or it could be a direct manager. It could be at the VP level, executive level, or it could be all the way down to frontline level. And if they're focused on really seeking a way to retain and efficiently develop that talent and hear and understand them, that's where this play, reflect, and grow process comes into place. And it cultivates a cohort-based learning um, environment amongst those direct teams. So those people who are working mostly together and are, their success is reliant upon each other and their, their satisfaction within the workplace is reliant upon each other. So I'll break down the specifics of play, reflect, and grow. So for play, we are promoting live interaction and we use games that gets teams to communicate directly and effectively. And these games really emphasize storytelling and we're able to basically take any challenge that um, we're able to automatically transform any challenge or team objective into these immersive storytelling games that simultaneously are fostering not only that engagement, but that learning. And it's optimized for a remote hybrid or in-person type of situation. So that's the play component, really turning a challenge or an objective into something that can become a discussion base so that we're learning. Like, where are the pitfalls? What are the different tactics that someone else has taken? And so it's that collective sharing to learn. Then we have our reflect. So we have post-game reflection assessments that collect this robust and contextualized data insights and also goals from the people who have the participants who have just played the game. So we're collecting um, impact metrics from how this game, based on this specific theme or challenge or materials, how this game impacted you from a personal perspective, from a group perspective, but then also how it impacted you from a um, from a professional perspective. So how is it really impacting your job? Because now we have that blurry line of work and life and like us all like our all encompassing self, not just our work persona. So we get all that mm-hmm. from our reflection assessment. So that we discuss play and then reflect. And then the last one is grow. So our software uses those gameplay outcomes and those reflection assessments to deliver this just-in-time curated developmental content as well as action plans to really solidify behavioral change. So we're taking it from being something that 
either HR has to propose and deliver from tops down or that a manager has to give a directive about and really allowing the team to be empowered to say, hey, these are the things that we need to work on to make this team be the best team that everyone wants to work on, but also allowing those players to recognize, hey, these are the areas that I personally need to develop in. So we provide action plans for the team, but also personal development content for each individual. And um, so our play, reflect, and grow process, it's actually, um, it's, it's a proprietary type of process that we are in the process of getting patented. So we've done the provisional wow. patent on it. Um, but yeah, it's science-backed and it delivers this fun-filled experience while providing these actionable insights and this people analytics that empowers leaders to not only drive change, but enhance team effectiveness and elevate that, um, that company culture. So instead of your traditional siloed um, annual employee engagement <laughs> surveys, you're really getting to the meat and the heart of what's needed and at, at the level that it's needed at, not just, okay, from a global, here's the global organizational trends. We get right. it at that team level, and then you can level it up to business unit trends and organizational trends. So you get it all. Right. I love that. I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were sharing this is this idea of the analytics and the data and how that can help businesses, leaders, decision makers, even the individual contributors make better decisions, whether it's for their careers or how they're interacting with one another. And I think I had shared with you, we haven't talked about gamifying employee experiences or engagement on the podcast yet. So this is really oh. like the, yes, this is the introduction into what the gamification of engagement and employee experience really looks like. Looks like So I would love to dive in a little bit deeper if we can on some of the analytics. Like, are you able to share at all what breaks down or what um, leaders are able to walk away with understanding? Are the analytics like uh, developmental? Are they upskilling based? Is it um, behavioral? Like what, what are leaders walking away with an understanding of? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a great question. So for Keep Wool, we've decided to be very prescriptive with our analytics. So with a lot of tools and technologies, they try to provide like, hey, this, this is this platform to enable you to collect data that you then have to analyze, but you have to decide what type of data am I going to collect? And then what does this data mean to me? What's the definition of it? How will it help? And what can I learn from these trends? and to make my strategic changes that I need to go about. Well, Keep Wool has taken a different approach. We have d spent years like researching and trying to see what are the main reasons why people leave companies. And mm -hmm. we have landed on, there are five main reasons that people leave, are unhappy, decide to quiet quit, whatever trendy buzzword mm -hmm. we're using today. We found like, okay, these are like, regardless of industry, regardless of position, these are the five things that we're seeing. So number one is engagement. Number two is innovation. Number three is team dynamics or team collaboration. Four is cultural intelligence. And five is that job satisfaction. So wow. my desire, and we break down job satisfaction of your desire to want to stay at this organization. So if you got the same exact position, 
somewhere else for the same pay and everything else, how likely are you to leave? And so it's really honing into the environment a person's in, not so much like the work that they're doing. So those are the five elements. And we collect, so that reflection assessment where it's the reflect portion, we're collecting metrics for every game that's played regardless of theme or objective around that area because of how our games are set up, regardless of if you're talking about a growth, um, providing people with a growth mindset and how to go about that while being inclusive. Or if you're talking about, hey, I want to train up people from a perspective on how to uh, technically sell our product. We still are collecting metrics in those five key areas because we have to make sure that we tie all that information back to those five reasons why people leave. Mm-hmm. And um, so leaders are able to get the metrics and see, okay, based on this game and this objective that we went about or this challenge or something that we're trying to train people on, what are the like what were our results in these five areas? Where'd we hit the mark? But then we have these open-ended questions that give us more contextual details. So you have these initial results that are on like a Likert scale of a one to 10 and where we fall on them and how do those map back to those five key areas. But then you have the open-ended questions and we have two, we have three specifically. So one is asking, what did you get from this session experience? So what did you learn? How'd you feel about it? What was great? Like stuff like that. So we can get like, where was the person's mind at? But then we have two other questions that talk about goals. So one is, what are the group goals? What from this session that we learned, did we learn, hey, our team needs to develop in this area. We need to work on this, or we have a gap in this area. But then we also ask that same question to say, what did you personally recognize from this group session that you should work on or that you have a gap in or you'd further want to learn in that area. And then Mm. we use the AI technology to then provide action plans for both your personal goals and an action plan that's live in a living action plan for the group as well. And in those action plans, we say, here's the goal. Here's the steps that you can take to help you meet that goal. And oh, by the way, here's some resources Um, And it's like educational content resources to help you in those steps that are helping you to reach those goals. And all of that is done in one platform without you having to have a data analyst or someone else come in and make those or a coach or something else to come in and make those decisions and determinations for you. And so now leaders, um, the leaders and as well as HR professionals have the ability to see this dashboard and see where are we lying in these five areas? What trends are we seeing? And where are we seeing the trends at? Like, what's our heat map of something? Mm -hmm. And okay, this department or this team is doing really great, but over here, we're having a struggle. And overall, as an organization, we're killing it in innovation, but we really could um, boost up our team dynamics aspect of things. So you're able to see that without having to do any back-end kind of analysis on the data you're bringing in. If your company is remote or hybrid, then you know just how difficult it can be to grow your company's culture beyond a pre-scheduled Zoom happy hour or occasional lunch and learn. Well, this week's sponsor is here to solve that. They're called CultureBot. CultureBot has devised what will likely become the gold standard for growing and blossoming a company culture inside of Slack. 
The app is like a sidekick for any HR or people professional, automating a lot of the mundane tasks you probably are forgetting to do on a daily basis. Things like birthday and work anniversary celebrations, team shout outs and kudos, employee introductions and remote games. It even has health and wellness tips and conversation starters. If that piques your interest, this will get you even more excited. Today, I'm able to share a special promotion for listeners of the podcast. You can get your first six months of CultureBot for 50% off. Plus, if your team is under 25 employees, CultureBot is free forever. So if you're looking for a way to create a culture of appreciation and drive increased engagement and togetherness across your team, I definitely recommend checking out CultureBot. Go to getculturebot.com slash humanhr. That's getculturebot.com slash humanhr to get the offer. Plus, I've added the link in the show notes, so you can just click right there. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Right. There's so much value in that the, the, the action plans coming from the analytics, because as an HR leader myself, that is often the thing, let's say, for lack of a better word, the thing that takes the longest and the most thought. And you're sometimes using, like to your point, just this singular data point of an annual engagement survey, which is just a capture of time and information that's essentially looking into the past. And when I think about what you were saying about the, you know, what Keep Wall is doing, you're having this more consistent and more frequent look into where the organization sits and for HR leaders, like, and really just any business leader in general, having that data is so critical. I mean, I think about the current challenges with retaining talented workforces and engaging and keeping engaged talented workforces. It's just so challenging. And when you think about like what you had originally said in the beginning about the majority of the workforce really being the millennials and Gen Z uh, populations coming up in the future, in the near future, near enough future, you know, these, like we see all these trends on TikTok and Instagram reels that, you know, the difference is generationally in the workplace and that there is a, a huge reason to change the way that we look at engagement, to change the way that we look at how we solve problems. So I really love this idea of the analytics and being able to have the action plans basically written for us so that we can spend our time focused on actioning those action plans Mm -hmm. rather than creating them. And, you know, I, I, please go ahead if you're going to add. Oh, I was just saying, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Like really spend the effort on it, making sure we're enabling the changes that we know need to happen instead of creating the strategy around how and when and will. And like, we're, we deliver that and we deliver it just in time. Like it's instantaneous and it's just Mm -hmm. in time. So you can immediately be doing it. And it's not an employee saying, okay, like I filled out this engagement survey and I said all these things that need to be fixed and I can now wait 12 months before Mm -hmm. I see any implementation. And doing this at the team level allows you to see implementation where it's needed in the place it's needed immediately. That's fabulous. I'm, you know, nodding my head basically every second that you're speaking because I just think about all of the challenges that I've been confronted with as an HR leader and the challenges that I know listeners have been confronted with you know, there are business leaders that will argue that, you know, engagement is caused by X when really it's caused by Y, even when there's anecdotal feedback that sh- helps to shape 
what disengagement is being caused by. And so this idea of like instantaneous feedback, I just think about the time saved and how fabulous technology is and can be and how we leverage technology to our advantage in moments where, you know, a lot of what we do in HR can be very administrative and that being able to remove the the action plan creation and the strategy behind that to just be able to focus on executing, like it's kind of the work smarter, not harder mentality mm-hmm. so that we're focused on en- putting our energy into what is really going to have the most and, and best outcomes. Um, and so thinking through this, I, I don't know if you have this anecdotal uh, information or feedback at all, but have you seen any of your existing customers or you know, just in general, have like a an awakening when looking at their analytics? Like, is there any moment or any of those pillars that are continuously like shocking leaders the most in terms of having this real-time feedback? I know it's a super general question, but. Yeah, but it's a good question. And I wouldn't say that there is one, like there's one pillar that's like completely shocking. Typically when our clients come in, they're coming in because they have a challenge, right? They're Mm -hmm. like, we're looking for a solution that can help us fix this challenge or this problem or that can provide X. And so when we come in for our five pillar areas, most companies will have two, like two or three areas that they're like, this is what we really need to improve upon. And what's, what happens is that because in the back end, like we have focused pathways and stuff that teams will enroll in. And so I'm sure some listeners are like, well, how does it work? What's the game? And like, it's a five-step easy process where we have pathways and the pathways are based on whatever your objective is. And they're focused on meeting specific metrics. And so in a lot of ways, like um, we'll have like an onboarding pathway and it's focused on meeting this job satisfaction metric and maybe an engagement metric. But then we learn something. We're still collecting the metrics for team collaboration uh, or team dynamics, um, cultural intelligence, as well as um, that innovation. And so we're still collecting those three in the background. But your focus were these two. Your focus were these two. And so that's typically what ends up surprising people is that they're like, oh, my focus were these two metrics and we increased it. But I didn't know that we had an innovation, like that something was happening with innovation and people felt like their ideas were being stifled and they weren't being heard. And now we've known that and we've seen that people's ideas are being heard and they're starting to execute on them and our innovation has increased and people are happier because Mm -hmm. our innovation has increased and they get to be a little bit more creative and forward thinking and are given that leeway to go out, color outside the lines. And so I think that's the biggest surprise is that people will come in trying to solve one problem and then they're shocked that they're solving another at the same time and they didn't have right. to do any extra work around it. Yeah. That's really that's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting because I mean, naturally you if this is like anything, it's just like when you go to the doctor, you think you're going for a regular checkup and then you find out you actually might need to do a little bit more fine tuning, uh, for your, for your body or your mind. And so I think about like the workplace and all of the intricacies and the nuances and the reality that people are people and, you know, everyone's different and we have all these, all of these personality mixes and, you know, it's, it's only natural that, 
engagement is a complex challenge to solve for. But not only that, all of these pillars are present complex challenges and, and maybe not even challenges, but nuances and uh, experiences for each and Yeah, opportunity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect word. And, you know, I think about how companies, I mean, in my experience, like I've worked in an office, I've worked in a store and I've worked remotely and yeah. each experience presents a different opportunity, a different challenge, a different nuance. And I think about how this process of play, reflect and grow is really one that can be applied to all of those environments because you have to be able to meet your team where they are. I always like to say that, like meet your employees where they are, figure out what it is that you're actually solving for and not just make these assumptions and then decide, okay, I'm going to solve this problem, but then actually you're not solving the problem for the end user in this situation. And I always like to remind that my listeners that when making decisions or when taking action on something, there has to be some sort of like moment where you're hearing directly from the person that's going to receive your change or receive your influence. Because at the end of the day, if you think you're solving for X, but actually the problem is Y, then you're wasting not only your time, but your energy, the, the, business's energy and time, and then the end user or the employee is further dissatisfied. So I like that this, you know, all of this kind of comes back to this philosophy in workplaces around really truly solving the problems that need to be solved. Yes. And the great thing about it is that since it's set up as being team games that are playing live, that are being played live, everyone gets to be able to say like, oh yeah, I also was thinking that way, or I felt that Mm. way, or I wasn't able Mm -hmm. to put words to it, but you just put words to it. And so it really brings that all out. But I love what you had said. Um, Your thinking problem is X and it's actually Y. And typically how we are garnering that information is telling someone like, here, take this survey, take it at this random time, and I'm providing you no real context, or I am telling you like, Here's your definition of engagement. Now tell me, how are we hitting that? And we do something completely opposite of that because we collect an engagement metric, but every individual, which you said meeting people where they are, every individual (laughs) gives their definition of engagement. And so Mm. we're measuring against the metric of what these users, these employees are saying, this is what I feel like engagement is, and this is how my organization and my team are help are hitting that metric for me. Right, right. I was just thinking about how real that is given, you know, you're you're effectively a scientist, you're an engineer, and now you're a business owner and I'm sure in your, you know, in the way that your brain works and the strengths that you have, you probably at some point thought, well, I, you know, th- I can make the data work for me. And so I was thinking about how for all of us, you know, at various moments in our careers, we have to, we end up with this realization that the questions we ask influence the answers that we receive. And so I was thinking about how, you know, whether it's the scientific method and, you know, creating a hypothesis and going through all of these, you know, steps to being in a, you know, I'm not, I do not have a science background, but I effectively know 
through either learning the hard way or learning the right way, that if I ask a question a certain way, looking for a certain answer, it is fully fundamentally based on how or what question I ask. And so I'm thinking through how you just explained that you're doing the opposite of what typical engagement uh, initiatives, let's say surveys or questions, what they're typically doing, you're doing the opposite in allowing the the employee, the individual to explain their perspective, it really is the opposite because otherwise in a survey, you're like, how likely are you to recommend X as a place to work? And it's just a flat piece of data, flat piece of feedback. Whereas when you have what Keep Wall is doing, this expectation that everyone's contributing to the understanding of engagement and these other pillars that then I kind of see it as like not only getting better data and better feedback, but also this commitment from each individual to really think about what all of these things mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing because when we get those annual surveys and we're given like, do this deadline and it's like a do it, do it, do it. And all the reminders, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, let me check the box. So even like some of us will put great thought into it and then some of us get burned out of putting that great thought into it because we're like, well, I put so much great thought into it last year and I'm still waiting on some of these changes to be made. So there's some of that. But in this instance, it's like, hey, we're going to have, we're going to play. It's going to be a game that's automatically disarming you. It's already set up because you have a pathway. It's replacing an already team meeting that you regularly have, but now you're doing something that is like fun and engaged and you have to be present for it. And then you're getting that just the depth of the understanding and not trying to figure out how do I read between the lines of just text-based information that's been given to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so inspired by this, like flipping the script on employee engagement. And, you know, I would love to kind of close us out with this, uh, this one point that I have in my notes that I really, I like bolded, underlined, italicized, um, which I loved that you had said, this is from before we started recording. And it was that the ownership is not all on HR. And I think mm-hmm. this is a really, really important distinction to make, a really important um, you know, item to mention because many of the listeners are in HR and feel this way. I mean, I've certainly felt this way that there's this you know, misunderstanding from other business leaders that engagement and the process to identifying why there might be disengagement, solving for disengagement, that that all sits with HR and it really doesn't. So can you walk us through why you believe this and make us all super happy that someone finally gets it? (laughs) Yes. Well, I just think about it from this perspective, like how can you think of, and especially we work with a lot of enterprise companies and things like that. And HR gets chartered with all this stuff. And it's like, Hey, solve our people problem. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, people are the hardest problem to ever solve because every person's unique. So how could you, even if you had a department of hundreds but you have a company of thousands, you can even a hundred people can't solve the problems of a thousand people. And right. so it has to take some of that ownership. And that's part of why we have people leaders and managers and things like that. And if we're looking to HR to just give us a prescriptive one size fits all type of solution, 
you're never, I mean, that's why we're here at this point. That's why I had the ability to fill a gap and a need that's being created because it's like, yeah, we keep on getting these different solutions and we want the easy button, but the easy button is to say, hey, we're dealing with adults and let's actually have them provide us the information, but do it in a setting where folks are feeling comfortable, where they're not feeling judged, where they're recognizing that, hey, at the end of this, I'm going to learn something, but others are going to learn something from me. And that I know that going forward from this, I'm going to know what our next steps are for what we're going to do out of this. Because in so many instances, it's, okay, I'm doing this thing because I was told to, but I have no idea what's actually going to happen next. And so for me, I think I've been in different positions of being a people leader where I'm like, I'm not, I have not been equipped with the resources that I need to be most successful in serving the people that I am leading. And so, and then to think that that all lied on like HR giving me something to be able to do that. It's just, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of weight. And I think that the best way to solve that is garnering understanding and you get understanding through asking questions. And that's a skill that skill of inquiry and curiosity is something that we don't recognize that so many people need help in building that muscle. And so mm-hmm. now this is a very easy way to build that muscle while also solving all these other people problems or people challenges that we were we thought were just like so hard and impossible to solve. And I love to just say like, because I am an aerospace engineer, I'm like, this is not rocket science. It's not... <laughs> that complicated. <laughs> and you can, and you, if anyone knows that, it's you. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. I love that. I mean, hey, if people are not walking away from this episode thinking, well, I totally trust that Lauren is, Lauren knows the difference between something and, and rocket science and anything other than rocket science. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's an amazing, I think it's like an amazing way for us to hear more from you about where we can connect with you, where the listeners can learn more about KeepWall and what you're doing. And especially if they're totally inspired the way that I am and want to bring KeepWall to their organization. So please let us know where can the listeners connect further. Yes. So please connect with us on all our social media platforms. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Keep Wool, so K-E-E-P-W-O-L. Um, LinkedIn is where we are most interactive and you'll see a lot of our fun things that we're doing. But also um, keepwool.com, please, we love to uh, provide demos, also provide um, demo and sample games. So we call it experiential demo because we love people to like experience it and know like, oh, this is the value I can get. And they do it in just one game. So that's really a part of our our sales process. So if you're curious and you're just like, let me do a discovery call. I want to do a demo and just see what this is about. We love doing that as well. So connect with us. Keepwool.com, go on there. If you click the demo button, that's where you can set up an exploratory call with us and you can really experience what we're talking about here today. That's amazing. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining the podcast, being our official gamification uh, you know, leader in this, because again, you are the first time, this is the first time we're speaking about gamification. And I think you're officially the resident 
gamifier of employee engagement on this podcast. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me, Tracy. This was very fun. So I enjoyed it. Good, good. Me too. What a, what a fabulous way to close out our Friday, right? Um, yes. But thank you. Thank you so much again. And for all the listeners, we will definitely have all of those links in the show notes. So please don't feel like you have to remember everything. You can just go to the show notes and click those links and get connected with Lauren and keep well. Thank you. Hey, just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are the first to hear when an episode drops each week. And maybe leave a five-star review and a comment about how much you loved this episode. Plus, if you have someone in mind who would really enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with them. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.